0: Today just feels like one of those days where the content practically writes itself. Probably because it's Friday. Sportspan Friday on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad to have you along as always. And because it's Friday, Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journals, in studio with me. What's up, Ryan?
1: Not bad. Uh, it's raining right now, so it <laughs> kind of puts a little downer. On I've been out
0: there since lunch. Okay, This is what happened today. This is why it is an easy day for content. I was within the three-block radius of my place. I'm on my way back from Subway. By the way, if you ever need me during the day and I'm not here, check Subway. I go there way too much, but I love it. But I was about three blocks away from home, and there were about five people who I don't think intentionally tried to, but it seemed like they did, just almost carelessly put themselves on the front of my car. Jaywalking was a real problem over the noon hour here in Marquette today. I don't know what it was, but it's people just not paying attention, just walking out in the middle of the street. Don't jaywalk. Or if you do, be smart about it. Like, I almost hit five people when I got back to my place, had my subway. I walked back here because I was in fear of hitting someone with my car.
1: Welcome to my world, man. I've been here five years. That happens on a regular occurrence. Are people bad jaywalkers here? uh, A little bit of that. I almost had a guy run into me on my drive over to the station, (laughs) which is bizarre because, you know, sometimes you have to cheat death if you're going down to Third Street. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, this guy, I'm going along. It's a long line of cars. Mm -hmm. And this guy tried to cut across the entire street And somehow did not see me, but saw, like, the eight cars in front of me, (laughs) but somehow didn't see me, even though I was right in that line of cars. So he almost ran into me. Um, Thankfully, I saw it coming. I'm always watching on 3rd Street, Mm because I know it could be a disaster at any moment, so... Just a warning, if you're ever down Third Street, to always watch yourself.
0: So I've walked here, so I hope it's done raining when we're done with this show.
1: It, it was more of a... It's more spritzing right now. There it's you done, go. Yeah, so it, it looks like the rain doesn't know what to make up its mind. Like, it might start, and <laughs> it, it might not, so, yeah.
0: I live three blocks away, and I've actually walked back from there twice already today, once, to get a new contact. I hope contact Saga from the University of Minnesota. I don't think I even have time to go into that, but it keeps droning on and what have you Mm. but today has just been a really good easy day as far as content coming to me about 45 minutes ago i get a call here in the station phone line a man says hi is lisa there and before i can tell him that there's no one named lisa here he goes on to say my name is you know whatever i forget what it was and i'm from the national republican research committee we're doing a survey that is going to be recorded do you believe that president trump is doing a better job than president obama right now and i'm just like uh, this is a sports station. I don't know who you're trying to reach. I wish I could have thought of, And you know, I didn't say that. I said, I'm sorry, I think you have the wrong number. I was <laughs> trying to be a consummate professional, but I wish I had something really witty and funny off the top of my head. Like, who's that guy from New Mexico that ran as a third party a few years ago?
1: Gary Johnson. Gary
0: Johnson. I should have said, I'm with Gary Johnson for Michigan. Michiganders for Gary Johnson and see if he would have bought it or what he would have said. Probably would have lost his mind over it. <laughs> People who do
1: those kind of phone calls, they're they're hardcore. You know, it's uh, like if you disagree with anything that they do, they'll flip out at you over the phone. It's like you're asking me to do a survey. <laughs> it's like, what did you think? I was like, going to agree with you on everything. So,
0: I wish I would have had that on the top of my head, yeah. but. You know, if it was recorded and this is a business, probably good that we left it the way yeah, it was. Very good. Well I tell you what, lot to get to today. But, hey, I gotta throw this in here. Check out our preview on Westwood High School football. We just put that up on our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. We have a few interviews in there. Scott Sergila, Taylor Delangelo, Jackson Vidlin, previewing the Westwood football team for the upcoming season as they look to get back to the playoffs for the third straight year. Had that out today. I cannot wait for the first messages that we're going to get, emails, whatnot, saying, why don't you cover any other team but Westwood, even though you're do I have to tell you that one time a woman didn't recommend us on Facebook. Like You know how Facebook does those recommendations? Yeah. She put no, like zero stars, because... Something like they don't report on any other team but Westwood. The name ESPNUP isn't really accurate. First of all, we do that because we're the flagship home. I mean, everybody else is their own flagship home. Let them report on that team. Second of all, ESPNUP represents the region. The name represents the region that we're in. And third of all, her profile picture was Stewie from Family Guy. So take that for what you want.
1: Huh. <laughs> interesting
0: (laughs) oh well i mean she's listening so i guess that's a good thing i guess i uh well give it
1: time people will send angry emails to me soon (laughs) doing the same thing i
0: really haven't gotten any other than that otherwise though people here have been really good um other than something like that which was unpleasant
1: we'll we'll get some emails eventually i'll get People get upset with me, why was I at this game instead of that game and I'll have to explain to them. I'd explain to one group once, they were asking me what I can't remember what team it was, why they weren't why I wasn't at this game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Well, they were in Manastique that night mm-hmm. and I can't afford to drive all the way out there and get back on deadline. It's like we're gonna cover the games that are within the county, <laughs> not the ones that are outside of the county. It's just how it works. But uh for the most part people people respect it um our, on a side note our football previews start coming out next week hmm. first one comes out i think next friday and they're just going to keep rolling out until the first game of the season so uh, uh i think westwood starts followed by nagani then it's um gwen then marquette then ishpaming or it's ishpeming marquette i can't remember and then everybody else goes down the line so. all
0: right well look keep an eye out for those. We'll keep looking for those. I tell you what, some other stuff I've got here before we get a special segment I want to get into. Something similar to what we did on Wednesday with John Michael Hoefling. And then, of course, we've got the Friday Funnies coming up, what he looks like, what have you. That'll all be in the second half of our show. Do you know it's National Tell-A-Joke Day?
1: I did know that. Yeah.
0: I, that was tweeted out by quite a few people.
1: <laughs> and I, I had a couple... <laughs> Fun, smart jokes that I was going to fling back at some of those, but I decided better at it.
0: Probably nothing you can share on here either. Probably not, no. Something maybe to the level of what did the buffalo say to his son when he went to college? Bison. <laughs> Something like that. Just terrible. Just
1: terrible jokes, <laughs> yeah. I had some other ones too, but eh, I'll keep it clean on the air. Do
0: you think pickup lines count as jokes?
1: Because if it- they
0: do, then this is a good day for me.
1: Did you actually pick up someone? With no. It? Okay. No. I just.
0: You, my listeners may not know this about me, and I, I'm humble. I don't mean this to sound braggadocious, but I'm the greatest pickup line master that's ever walked the face of this God-given earth. Really? <laughs> Probably not. But I've got some good ones. I don't know if they count as jokes or not, but you know, there's still a few hours left in the day. Are, are you actually successful with it, or the lines just funny? Every once in a while, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You got to cast a wide net, is what I'm saying. I got you. But but I tell you what, uh, let's move on from that. How about this? I've always liked doing stuff like this. Remember one time I said, you can tell a lot about a person by asking them, if only one of your favorite sports teams can ever win a championship again, which one would you pick? I think I asked you that one time. That was a few months ago. Yeah. But... I felt like you can learn a lot from somebody by their answer. found another question just like that. Okay. Take two backup quarterbacks, like two career backups. They washed out of the NFL after like two years, and you give this guy a scenario. You have four plays to get 10 yards. Your team's got to do it. Your life's on the line. Your quarterback's hurt. Who are you going with a backup? And when they give the reason why, you'll learn a lot about them. I don't know why I like doing that, but I do. I just like learning about people. So the one that I have posed is Ryan Nassib or Jim Sorgi. Jim Sorgi Peyton that? Manning's
1: backup for years. <laughs> and that, he had a good like,
0: career of being a backup th- quarterback. Th- that
1: was like a trivia question when I lived there in Indianapolis. It was like, okay, name who Peyton's backup, the guy who will never <laughs> play a game. Um, great at holding the clipboard. Though. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess if I was going to go, probably Frank Reich. Because he's very, oh yeah, um, as I mean, Jim former Kelly's, Detroit Lion, yeah, very. Jim Kelly's a Hall of Famer, obviously the better of the two. But Frank mm-hmm. Reich's notorious for doing comebacks, and it's like I'm more than comfortable having okay. the ball in the hands All of right. Frank Reich. Yeah. I like
0: that. And who would I pick, Jim Sorgi or Ryan Nassib? I guess you didn't answer that question either. What? Jim Sorgi or Ryan Nassib?
1: I would say Jim those are your choices. I would say Jim Sorgi. Okay. Just because I want to see what he'd be like. If he learned anything from Peyton Manning during that time. And he
0: was a really good uh, passing quarterback in Wisconsin Mm -hmm. back in the day. Although nothing that he ever does, probably even after his football career. You know, he's retired now. Probably the thing that I'll remember him best for was the, what was that linebacker's name? Was it Bobby Reynolds from Ohio State? The Reynolds-Sorgy incident in 03? Was that who that was?
1: (laughs) I'm, yeah, something
0: like that, yeah. It was October of 2003. Ohio State was the defending national champions. They were 5-0. and They come into Camp Randall. The Badgers are 5-1 and unranked because their one loss was a really bad home loss to UNLV. And in the third quarter, Bobby Reynolds got so frustrated that after a play was blown dead, he was choking Jim Sorge and damaged his trachea. It took him out of the game for the rest of the day because you know he was having trouble breathing and he couldn't talk. That's probably what I remember Jim Sorgi for most all time,
1: and being Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> but he made a great career of making made a really good chunk career, of money though. of not really having to do much. <laughs> being a backup a- quarterback, and if a, a backup quarterback behind a really good quarterback is a beautiful gig.
0: You sound like Alex Moran. Are you a Blue Mountain State fan?
1: Uh, I watched a few episodes. The shows
0: hilarious. Should never have been taken off Netflix. It's got to come back. That is exactly, like, that is the most Alex Moran thing I've ever heard anybody say.
1: Yeah, that's a great career.
0: Well, I mean, like. <laughs> it is a great career. It, it
1: is. You, um, you get paid a lot of money. And you don't get all, hurt, and all you do is party. Yeah, yeah. You can just hang out. I mean, if the team's doing bad, you don't have to do anything. You know, like, all the blame goes on to the starting quarterback, and you're just like, hey, man, I'm just here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cashing a paycheck, and that's pretty much what I'm here for.
0: Well, I tell you what, before we hit the break coming up in about three minutes or so, and then we got a special segment, I want to get your thoughts on this. ESPN's been busy here lately. Our writers at the headquarters in Bristol, they've been busy putting out some of these lists and giving their thoughts on things in the future, football especially. We had the college football program's best-of-all-time list a few days ago. But yesterday, ESPN came out with their predictions, which NFL team... Can go worst to first this year. Can go from last in their division to first without anybody really predicting it. Because the Bears did that last year. And literally every year there is one. There is at least one, no matter how unrealistic it's supposed to be. Any idea who they said is the team most likely to do it this year? The Lions? The Lions. 25% that, chance to win the NFC North this year.
1: Well, you know, I put out in my preview column a couple of weeks ago, it's like the Lions aren't a bad team. They're they actually, are bad, but they're, they're actually, just in a
0: really good division. They're, they,
1: yeah, they're stuck behind the Bears and the Vikings, who are better teams. Mm-hmm. If... I would not be surprised if the Lions get hot. The The problem with the Lions' schedule is their schedule. They have a very grueling start to the year. Mm-hmm. And my thought is, if they can manage to get through that, like a 3-3, three and three, or somehow at 4-2, and two, they're going to be good for the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's a brutal stretch. And if they only are, are like 1-5, and five, you may as well just kiss the season goodbye <laughs> after that point. Because there's winnable wins the rest of the way, but it's like, you're already down five losses and it's like you can't afford to lose really anymore the rest of the way
0: after what we saw last night yeah i know it's preseason but man the oakland raiders actually look good i mean maybe there was a method to the madness with john gruden although they're in a a division with two potential super bowl contenders i don't know if that's happening but they have looked good at least for the first couple of weeks of the preseason and then the new york jets had a pretty good chance at least better than a lot of the other teams who were fourth in their division last year and if you think about it, they really only have one team that they need to worry about in that division. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then uh wasn't it uh weren't the Bengals in last last year? Or they were. Was, yeah. Well, I don't see that happening. Yeah. And then uh AFC South was. AFC
0: South was Jacksonville. Actually, I would say that's probably the most likely one to happen. Really? Well, I don't even know if it's likely. It's not the right word, but maybe the most realistic of anybody. <laughs> because if the Colts don't have Andrew Luck, that division's wide open. With Andrew Luck healthy, I don't know the extent of his injury right now, but with Andrew Luck healthy, they're a Super Bowl contender. Who knows what the Titans are going to be this year. Houston should be an above-average team, but who knows if they're going to take control of that division. Jacksonville's still got all that personnel, and I would be surprised if Nick Foles is the answer that they've been looking for these last couple of years.
1: Wouldn't that be interesting? After all his heyday with the Eagles, if he comes to the Jaguars and is a complete <laughs> bust, that, that throw a bunch of money after after him. No, I I think he's worth that deal. But just right. imagine, like he's like the savior, the guy. He's like the not Blake Bortles, and and then just watch him like completely crap out or something like that.
0: I think the blame will fall on the Jaguars if that yeah. happens.
1: Well, you remember when? Do you hear what Jack Del Rio happened? Where he didn't? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he's sitting there feeding his face like <laughs> at, a, at the buffet and <laughs> scooping some food on his plate, and he's like, "I didn't think we'd draft him," and then blew my mind. He didn't see it coming. So but sometimes draft picks will shock head coaches who really aren't in the equation a lot. So
0: you know what? As wide open as the NFC East is. I think the Giants have a little bit of a shot. About everything has to go perfect and then some. But that division's wide open. There's no clear-cut team who's going to be a winner there. Regardless, I still don't think that that's who I would pick right now, but they don't blow me away. Okay. They still don't. And I'm not saying the Giants are going to win the division by, by any means, but that division's probably the most wide open of anybody.
1: Didn't USA Today or the Sporting News or somebody pick uh, Philadelphia to beat the Chargers in the Super Bowl or something like that? I remember that. Yeah.
0: I didn't like that.
1: No, I didn't either. No. And, uh, of course, one of those publications was the one who a couple of years ago thought New England was going to run the table and go 19 0 in the Super Bowl. So, any. And then David Tyree happened. Yeah. And, uh,. So, no, don't bet on. <laughs> don't trust any publication that expects an entire team to go the year undefeated because it's not going to happen.
0: I tell you what, Tampa Bay, I'm not giving them much of a shot either. No. I mean, Bruce Arians is the right guy there. Jameis Winston is not. No. And they're in a division with three teams that probably could be playoff teams. I think that division could very easily produce two New Orleans is a lock, and then either the Panthers or the Falcons and. The other is going to knock on the door.
1: I think the Panthers and the Falcons are going to be fighting each other for like a wild card spot because mm-hmm. New Orleans got the division in the bag. But uh, yeah. is is this kind of the last gasp for Carolina and Atlanta? Because it's Feels like, like it. I, I feel like Atlanta had its shot when they blew the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was its one opportunity, and they haven't been the same since. And Carolina had its shot in the Super Bowl, and they haven't really been the same since. It's if you're predicted, if you're on a streak and you have the game in the bag, or you're predicted to win and you don't, it just it seems like that momentum, whatever you have, cuts off. And uh, I feel like those two are hanging by a thread and that's about it
0: I tell you what I want to wrap up some stuff on football but we got to take a break when we come back the Stephen A. Smith show today produced a take that I thought was really interesting about Lamar Jackson I don't know if I like it or not but it, it intrigued me It stuck on my brain I want to get your thoughts on it plus Wednesday we talked about the next college basketball team that could win March Madness for the first time ever which NCAA hockey team could win the Frozen Four for the first time ever. we got Ryan in studio, so we're going to talk about it next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports
1: Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: Dan Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you Friday afternoon. Glad to have you in studio with us. I tell you what, the Stephen A. Smith show today, they were talking about a little preseason football. We had five games on last night. Some stuff we could learn from it, for one, the game might be a little too fast for Kyler Murray, even in preseason. He really struggled last night. But besides the point, Stephen A. Smith was out today. Michael Eaves was in, filling in for Stephen A. on the Stephen A. Smith show, and he loved what Lamar Jackson put out last night. It Lamar look really Jackson good. looked good last night. Michael Eaves' take on it, I don't know if I like this or not. I kind of do, though. It's, a, it's, it's good content. It sticks in your brain. He said... Lamar Jackson is the most exciting player the NFL has had since Michael Vick. What do
1: you think? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. No. Um, I want him to prove himself a little more. I mean, Mm -hmm. Vick exploded onto the scene, you Mm -hmm. know, and I, I think if he had been with a better franchise, he probably could have won a Super Bowl with them, but Atlanta was a mess when he was there. I mean, yeah, they made the playoffs, but. They weren't going to win a Super Bowl. No. He was there, and uh, so I think he has the potential to be. God. He looked really good last night. Uh, the Packers did not no. look great at all, and uh, I you wonder how Rodgers would have done. I know he sat out, which I'm not entirely surprised because it is the preseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, Luck sitting on the sideline for the Colts because they don't want a chance, anymore. right? So, but and uh, regard, to, I I was impressed with him. I think he has he's more than capable to being the next Michael Vick. It's just a little too soon. A little too soon. Here's the
0: thing is you talk about that we don't fully trust him yet. You're completely right. Like, I don't fully trust him either. Like, if I had my choice of guys in the league, hey, Joe Flack. I, I don't think I would take Joe, Joe Flack, Flack over Lamar Jackson. But even out of last year's quarterback class, I still think Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback in that class. But Lamar Jackson, what he did last night, Think about this. Why does everybody not trust Lamar Jackson? Why do I not trust Lamar Jackson? Look what he's done. He took over as the starter for a team that was completely hapless midway through last season, took him to a six and one record, not just made the playoffs, but they won that division. He did this all playing for a team that was a mess when he took over. He set the record for quarterback rushing attempts while playing half a season and made the postseason, unlike Baker Mayfield, who played significantly more games and couldn't, in the same division, he couldn't get his team to the postseason, yet Baker is clearly the quarterback everybody would take over Lamar Jackson. Why don't I trust Lamar Jackson? Why doesn't anybody trust Lamar Jackson yet?
1: Uh, I think for me, it's he's a mobile quarterback, mm-hmm. and he can scramble well, and he can run with the ball, and there's been a lot of mobile quarterbacks that get drafted and, you know, the hype is so around them because they're explosive players and then either get injured and, like, their career career bottoms out or Mm -hmm. they don't live up to the potential. And it's happened... I mean, when you look at mobile quarterbacks, how many of them... I mean, Vic was one, yeah. but how many of them have been really successful? I mean, Cam exactly. Newton's been okay,
0: and that was the argument they brought up. Yeah, but then I'd reply to that: he doesn't have Cam's size, he doesn't no. have his build.
1: Yeah, Cam's a big Cam Newton's a big guy. Uh, <laughs> Lamar Jackson relies on his speed rather than any power that he mm-hmm. has. So, I I think for right now, the j- jury's still out because we've seen so many mobile quarterbacks bust out. But I think. Out of the other ones that I've seen over the years, he has the potential to be the next Vic. I, I would just say, if this year he can take the Ravens to the playoffs and maybe get an, a victory, mm-hmm. I could see it happening. I yeah. could see him doing that. But I think he needs to take one more step, and I think people can see it that way. Because I was impressed with him last night, and I think he can definitely become the star that Baltimore's hoping with. It was funny that so many people doubted him coming out of the draft. Mm -hmm. But he's looked I didn't necessarily doubt him. I just don't quite there yet because I don't like it when people get put on a pedestal after just one season.
0: Well I tell you what, we are gonna spend a lot of time on our hockey segment coming up, but I want to give you your stat of the day before we do. Last night the Oakland A's and Houston Astros combined to have four players That hit multi-home runs in the game. Four players had multi-home run games in the Astros-A's contest last night. Carlos Correa, Michael Brantley, Matt Olson, and Matt Chapman. That happened earlier, too. We had another multi-home run game that featured four different players accomplishing the feat. Twins and Orioles. It was Nelson Cruz, Mitch Garver, Jonathan Scope, and Renato Nunez back in May. Those four players all had multi-home run games. And the feat was accomplished again last night with Houston and Oakland. The last time that there have been two such games in the season with four players hitting multiple home runs in the same contest was 1999. And before that, it had happened since 1908. Huh. So this has happened just twice in the last 110 or so years.
1: Yours, yours, that is a crazy stat. How about that? Yeah.
0: Especially the way baseball's been trending. It's been doing this for a while, like, gearing toward offense. But still, this is such a rare feat.
1: Well, some people are saying that Verlander, the juice in the balls (laughs) philosophy, so maybe that's the reason behind it, but uh, I don't think that's necessarily the case. But uh, it's a cool stat, though.
0: Well, I tell you what, let's get to some hockey before we go to the break. On Tuesday, John Michael Hofling from ABC10 and I, we did a segment about what would be the next college basketball program to win March Madness for the first time ever? Texas Tech kind of seemed like the consensus for us. There are a few teams that are, you know, close, but I'm not sure how much closer they are than Texas Tech. It's probably who I would go with. But we've got Ryan Stegen studio with us, and he's the beat writer for Northern Michigan Hockey. So I want to get your thoughts on which NCAA hockey team. There are 39 skating right now that have never won the frozen four who could be the next one to do it for the first time ever and keep in mind our local teams up here northern michigan they've already won a title back in 91 lake state won it in the 90s with jeff jackson and now coaches at notre dame tech has won three yep what do you think you got I, I tell you what i did do a formula with this and i have six teams six programs that rise above the others i did a small formula I graded, you know, in the last five Frozen Fours, five NCAA tournaments, and I weighted it based on national championship appearances, Frozen Four appearances, number one seeds in the regional tournament, and tournament appearances. Before I give you the results of that, let me hear some of the teams that come off the top of your head.
1: Notre Dame. Notre Dame.
0: I'm glad you said it because I didn't want to sound like a homer. But, yeah, Notre Dame scored the best out of any of those teams that have never won the Frozen Four.
1: Notre Dame makes has made the Frozen Four consistently. Mm-hmm. They're having great years. They've done well, even from Hockey East to the Big Ten to the CCHA. They're just – Jeff Jackson has them – as they used to be like an also ran program, and he turned them into kind of a powerhouse. Yeah. I was there at the Frozen Four a couple of years ago, where they lost, and that was extremely disappointing to me. Um, Saint Paul, yeah, I, was, I at, was there too. Yeah, how about that? Uh, I can't stand Duluth, so that was no. kind of painful for me. So, um, so was Grandpa Tony. He was there too. <laughs> um, I guess I, I just I'm impressed with them every year, and they they beat teams that they're supposed to beat or they upset teams i remember when they made the the national championship back in 08 Mm -hmm. michigan was seen as the team Mm -hmm. you know and then notre dame shut them down in the frozen four and uh notre dame looked extremely strong a couple years ago when they made the national championship game so i think they're the program to beat there's two other ones that I'm thinking of, yep. the problem is, is they're notorious choke artists. And I know because, which ones you're going to say. Yeah, St. Cloud and Minnesota State. Yep,
0: because if we would have cut, if I would have cut my, whatever you call it, my model short, not included postseason, <laughs> you know, I would have just gone with getting into the postseason yeah. and then having a number one seed, Mankato and St. Cloud would have ran away with this. But they don't do anything once they get into the tournament. By all logic, they should have been dominating the college hockey world, winning title after title this last decade plus, plus. and yet they don't. Here they are in this category.
1: St. Cloud State has made one Frozen Four. By all logic, they should have made several more. But- mm-hmm. They lost to American International (laughs) last year. The number one overall seed plummeted to by far the worst. And that was
0: maybe their best team in the last decade.
1: And uh, even when I talked to Patoni and he said that they were the best team in the country. And Mm -hmm. Northern just got thrashed by them when they played them during the season. So they were by far the best team in the country, and they just didn't show up. They didn't score against a team that wasn't that good in the first place. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So St. Cloud... Minnesota State's even worse. Minnesota State has never won an NCAA tournament game.
0: They, they blew a 3-0 lead this year.
1: Yeah, against Providence. They were better than Providence, and they just they lost to RIT <laughs> a few years ago. And I'm thinking Minnesota State that year was the number one overall seed and lost to Rochester Institute of Technology. <laughs> I mean, it just, they can't finish the job. And, you know, Mike Hastings is such a great head coach, yeah. and he's just turned Minnesota State into the kings of the WCHA. But for some reason, they bottom him out when it's the big stage, and St. Cloud does the same thing. St. Cloud's, their Frozen Four appearance, was actually more of a fluke than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I Notre Dame by far is my pick. Some people are thinking about Penn State, and I'm saying okay. Not if they can't play defense. Right.
0: I mean, they're on the rise, but they're not on that level yet. Yeah, you
1: have to learn how to play defense if you're going to win a national championship.
0: You've already named three of the six teams that rose to the top when I did this little formula graded over the past five postseasons. Here's some others. And actually, the team that scored the second most points behind Notre Dame actually was kind of surprising, Quinnipiac.
1: There's another team that I forgot about the ECAC. Well, a lot of people forget about the ECAC <laughs> because it's... There's a lot... Uh, like select, the Ivy League. The Ivy League conference, kind of. You know, Cornell's out there, mm-hmm. and, you know, Cornell's another team that... Well, they've already won a national championship, mm-hmm. but there's another team that should have probably won another should've one. won more. Yeah, yeah, more than that. Uh, but I could see Quinnipiac doing it. They've made two in the last decade, but didn't show up in the... Na- I mean, God, they lost to Yale, who wasn't that good, mm-hmm. and then they got blown out by North Dakota, who was probably a better team than Quinnipiac, but still, I mean, five to one, yeah. it's just it was really bad, and I was like, why couldn't they be blowing out Denver instead of poor Quinnipiac? That's what I was thinking um uh, I would say Quinnipiac definitely up there, I still think Notre Dame,
0: right, I mean Quinnipiac has been consistently good in the postseason, even in the regular season, last five years, yet they don't scream like they're close to me, like they're going to make a total run to the NCAA championship, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, But they're not one of those teams that screams it to me like Notre Dame is right on the cusp. A couple other teams that I had on there that graded pretty well. Ohio State. I don't know if they're maybe a five-year plan for being a national championship contender. They made the Frozen Four last year, and they ran away with the Big Ten regular season this year. There's a lot to like about those guys, but they still aren't going to win it within the next three years, I wouldn't think.
1: Ohio State is uh, quite possibly was... When I went to the Frozen Four, that might have been the most overrated team I've ever seen. <laughs> they looked bad. They, they looked awful. I mean, and I know so many people in the college hockey business who cover more of the Big Ten games, and they're like, they're DMing me on Twitter and be like, "You're at the Frozen Four. You're going to love Ohio State." They're, they're like, their offense is great. Their defense? No, they were awful. They lost to a Duluth team that wasn't that good, and they scored one goal. <laughs> And you're talking about, old. they're like the best offense. How do you only score one goal if you have the best offense in the country?
0: No. <laughs> they're not ready to contend for a title yet, no. but they are one of the fastest rising teams. And if they continue to rise like that, yeah. I would think maybe five years or so yeah. from now. The other team I had on here, the last team that you know really rose to the top was UMass.
1: I think they've really took a huge step last year and some of the people will make it the case as the guy who uh, won the Hobie Baker Award but uh, their programs kind of turned it around they had one good year and with the Jonathan Quick season mm-hmm. who was probably the only guy anybody knows who went to <laughs> UMass but uh, it's I think they're getting there I want to see what they do without Kale, you Kale, know, with Kale yeah. if they can be successful without him you know, And that's what held them back in the championship. They mm-hmm. lost to a good Duluth team and because they relied so heavily on Gil McCarr instead of having a balanced offense. I think if they can build something, there's some potential there.
0: Well, and they went to overtime in the semifinal round, too, and they they should have lost that game. They got bailed out because they were thoroughly outplayed in overtime, and it just took one bad break.
1: That goal is so great. I love the <laughs> highlight of it because I can't was it uh, was Buchagras calling the game? I think yes. he was like, because um, he called it like as soon as the mm-hmm. stick hit the puck, he called it and said it was going in, <laughs> and it hadn't even gotten past the goalie yet, and he, you know. Called it, and it went in, zoomed past him. The poor, go- the goalie just sat there and watched it go by. He had by no him. chance. He had no chance. He was just like, well, that's it.
0: <laughs> I like Guys, You know, I know we don't have a lot of hockey coverage on ESPN, which makes me sad because he can call a hockey game really, really well. Really fun to listen to.
1: I kind of... He always comes up with something clever to say whenever the nip final horn happens. Mm-hmm. Now, I was one when North Dakota happened. It was a little lame, <laughs> but uh, stick a grand Forks, in them. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it was like, okay, that was a, a bit of a reach. Come there. on, Butch. Yeah, be better than that. But uh, yeah, he, re- he really puts a lot of effort into it. He's like Dave Starman. Mm-hmm. Like, he's full bore and, and supportive of college hockey, and that's what you need. If you. You know, ESPN gets blasted a lot for their lack of ho- ho- college ho- th- hockey coverage in general, right. but they're the, te- they're the network that covers the whole Frozen Four and the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament, and they really go all out with it.
0: Danner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take a timeout just across the bottom of the hour. We'll play What He Looks Like, and then, of course, the Friday Funnies. Get ready to laugh next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports
1: Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app.
0: Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops Ryan Steeg with you. Glad to have you along this Friday afternoon. Here's your Sports Center update. LA Charger safety Derwin James will miss significant time after suffering a stress fracture in his foot yesterday at practice. 23 year old was an NFL All Pro this year as a rookie. That's big break for a good Chargers defense. The state of Louisiana has approved a 40, excuse me, 450 million dollar renovation project for the Superdome. The arena upgrades will be completed before the building hosts the Super Bowl in 2024 and the deal will keep the Saints in the city of New Orleans until at least 2049. And finally, <laughs> what? 2049. Yeah, it's a 30-year deal. Wow. For 450 million dollars in arena upgrades, Nice. <laughs> and finally, an average oh boy. I'm a real pro here today, Ryan. And finally, on average, vending machines are more deadly to Americans per year than sharks.
1: I've heard that. Well, like, yeah. I think it's primarily because People will get their candy stuck in there, and they'll upset? get frustrated, and they'll bang it or shake the vending machine, and they'll fall down on top of them. And there's uh, <laughs> an episode of The Simpsons devoted <laughs> <laughs> to that. actually – it just – people – there's a lot of anger management <laughs> issues out there. But, yeah, I can see it because you're around vending machines all the time
0: i tell you what, that could be a good what-he-looks-like segment. Yeah. We could have a guy who looks like he's the one who gets frustrated at a vending machine. Yeah. But that is a game that they play with Tim Kirchin on the Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Gatz every Friday. They did it Wednesday this week, though, because Dan and Stu have been gone since yesterday. But we play it here on Fridays with Ryan Stieg on the Sports Pen. Got a few here for you today, and we start with Mr. Bruce Bochy. Trying to ride off into the limelight. His team won't, but... Now, they hung on to some key pieces. Doesn't matter to Bochy, he's gone anyway. Does Bruce Bochi look like the captain of a small fishing vessel? Oh, my
1: God, that's just what I was going to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> look at him. Bruce Bochi looks like the captain of a small fishing vessel who always claims that his life's mission is to set sail to the middle of the Pacific Ocean and harpoon the shark that killed his brother, but in reality, unbeknownst to his crew, he's an only child.
1: I, I wouldn't have gone that far, but I was going to say like <laughs> he looks like a sea captain yes, he who is. gives... You know, tours to tourists around the area and tries to point out like where the good fish are and here this is where you can find a shark. You know, or yeah, I I can see him doing that.
0: I kept seeing the guy from Jaws in him. Was yeah. it Richard Dreyfus? Was that who I'm thinking of?
1: Well, there's oh, or you're thinking about the very first one? Yeah, yeah, okay. It was probably one. Quint, the angry yes, that was it.
0: Robert Shaw, who is... Robert Shaw, yes. Had a heavy drinking problem. uh, But yeah. That's what I I kept seeing with Bruce Bochy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I tell you what. Does Matthew Stafford look like he tells you to, quote, call the bomb squad as he lumbers toward your bathroom?
1: (laughs) Interesting. Uh, Right now, if you look at the photo that he has on, he looks like the guy who's... uh, Gonna do the next uh, keg stand <laughs> at a fraternity party. He's got he's got the uh, the neck beard growing there. Just looks like, hey man, I'm here to party kind of a thing. <laughs> That's just how his face
0: looks. Does Denny Hamlin look like he'd have gone pro in golf if he wasn't born in the South? The look says that. Yeah. He also
1: looks like he could be like. Working for FedEx (laughs) because he's sponsored. Yeah, he's sponsored by FedEx. He looks like he's wearing the FedEx hat. Yeah, he could be like a uh, regional manager for FedEx (laughs) right now.
0: Does clean shaven Josh Rosen? This is important. Josh Rosen, look up his picture with UCLA that they used on the website. Does clean shaven Josh Rosen look like the stock photo for AT and T customer service?
1: Yeah, and it also looks like the standard stock photo when you go to a university website, <laughs> you know, like profiling students. I came to UCLA to pursue my dream or whatever, and, yeah, and it's always some generic-looking guy.
0: Does Christian Yelich look like he spent most of high school getting shoved in a locker by Josh Hader? Uh,
1: I, I can see it. I would say Christian Yelich looks more like the guy who helped Josh Hader with his homework because Josh Hader was stoned most of the time.
0: <laughs> you know? I can definitely see that from Josh Hader. Yeah. And maybe he was as part of the high school bully. Yeah, But Christian Yelich is like Phil Kessel in the sense that if I just saw them and knew nothing about him, I would never guess he was an athlete. Like, and I'm not saying that to not Christian Yelich because I love Phil Kessel. Even though he's not a penguin anymore, he's one of my favorite athletes of all time. Him and Christian Yelich just don't look like athletes. They, they really don't facial
1: features, yeah. You don't look he doesn't look like a guy you can, you know, hit a bunch of homers and stuff And Yet like he's that.
0: amazing. Yeah. He's the reigning MVP in the National League. Very well could do it again this year. Does John Gruden look like he showers at the beach? Oh very much so. <laughs> you know what he reminds me of in this picture is Drillbit Taylor. Really? Yeah, Owen Wilson's character from Drillbit Taylor.
1: Huh. Uh I would say he looks like he could be one of the villains in Dodgeball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the purple cobras. on the Purple Cobras. Like he's the uh he's the bench player or something like that when uh um Michelle or uh Blazer <laughs> Misha,
0: Blazer, laser, I see, right. and then they had someone else. Yeah. And then Fran, Fran whatever her name was, Stepanici. from Romanovia. Yeah.
1: yeah. The wacky team. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh that was I love that movie. I, that I movie, was so too. glad when we had the Ocho on and they were playing all those like repeatedly does will kane look like your wife's co-worker who constantly hits on her at the company christmas party
1: he looks like the guy at the water cooler you know who is forgotten by the majority of the people <laughs> in the company but tries to market himself as a good guy he's a nice guy who just will treat you well but he's really a jerk <laughs> behind closed doors
0: Will Kane said this one time because Dan Levitard pokes fun at him. He has him on the show sometimes as examples, and Will was talking about it one time that you know he's portrayed as the villain. You know, Will Kane is the guy that a lot of people tune in just so they can hate watch him, and Will knows that and he loves it. Like I don't know anybody who loves being the villain more than Will Kane.
1: I don't know, Bayless seems to really... (laughs) I think Coward loves it, too.
0: Those three, probably, they love being the villain. And I don't know if that's what Will is like away from the set. I like Will. He's an eloquent guy. I don't know, and I'm not saying that he doesn't believe what he says. I just don't know away from the mic if he is as in your face about it as he is behind the mic. But he was talking about it one time, his own what he looks like, uh, talking about it on his show. And... The guy that he compared himself to, do you remember the movie die Hard that by Delia, yes, <laughs> Ellis, she had that coworker that was just a sleazy guy, seemed like he was having an affair with her, or he wanted to at one point they you know walk in on him and he's he doing we blow? Think, yeah, we think <laughs> he's doing drugs, he's like rubbing his teeth and everything. He's that guy, he's not like the guy you respect, bad guy or even fear. He's just like that bad guy, like he's a sleazy guy, like a slimy dude.
1: The guy around your office that nobody likes, you know? (laughs) And then he tried to, like, work out a deal with Alan Rickman, and Alan Rickman (laughs) shot him.
0: (laughs) That's kind of... Will said that is the guy that he kind of gets betrayed as, and now I can't unsee it. Yeah,
1: you really can't up
0: to that point. (laughs) Uh, Does Bill O'Brien look like he says to your daughter's boyfriend, have her home by 10 or else while using his fingers to imitate shooting a gun?
1: He... Very much so, and uh, but really isn't that intimidating? No. Like he, yeah, like tries to, like, intimidate your daughter's date, but, like, you know, he's just a big softy, and he, like, if you're late, he's probably like, yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, does Will Greer look like he became a farmer because it's in the family business but actually has no knowledge about agriculture?
1: Yeah. I, You know, he's probably told, do to, you know, you know, carry bales of hay around but puts them in the wrong spot or like he's the guy remember who'll Who is it? Uncle Rico? Oh
0: yeah Yeah,
1: You know, he'll be like at the local bar and he'll be like, Remember when I threw for five touchdowns (laughs) in that one game? You know yeah I bail hail for a (laughs) by bay I'm struggling too. I'd bail Hay for a living, but yeah, I could have made it in the pros. He's one of those his
0: glory days are back when he was eighteen. He peaked in high school. Yeah. Probably still wears his letterman's jacket. Hangs out at, hangs out at the local burger <laughs> joint. Stands in the student section Next and cheers year, on yeah. Friday nights. Last one I've got here. Does Les Miles look like the first year equipment manager of a football team whose primary jersey color is red, and he's in charge of finding practice jerseys for the quarterbacks?
1: Yeah, and he also looks like the really overzealous strength coach, you know, who's really—he's not considered an assistant coach, but likes to believe he's an assistant <laughs> coach. Like he—he's the guy who screams at people to lift harder, but probably doesn't really know what he's doing. That happens a lot. Do you ever notice that? Oh yeah, yeah. Like you'll see. I'll—I used to go into locker rooms sometimes when I was, you know younger and doing a journalist and there's always the strength coach who's not very good at his job is just a big guy (laughs) but would try to emphasize his abilities to lift weights but
0: usually does that by elevating his voice yeah thinks that's all you need to do that's all 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 that motivates you yeah you know it's like he's one of those coaches that you know he does something like he gets the football from the official when there he tosses him a new football but considers himself an assistant coach yes one of those guys yeah what do teams who wear red do? Like the Arizona Cardinals, what color does their quarterback wear? Like for a practice jersey?
1: I think. Well, I know with the Buccaneers, they wear orange. The quarterbacks do.
0: I would pick like neon green. Orange seems like it would be tough to see, like from far away. Something like that.
1: I think they try to make. They've tried to make it more blaze orange. I think, oh, okay. like, so you can see. Like it construction a little bit. worker orange. Yeah, kind orange, of like okay. uh, hunting orange, that kind of thing. But uh, I could see blazing. Uh, you need you need to have like a neon color, no. you know, to really stand out for that. Uh, I guess maybe you could do like purple,
0: something that really contrasts. Yes. It. Yeah, like white. Except the other team you're scrimmaging might be yeah, wearing right. white. Yeah,
1: yeah. You got to have something
0: that stands out. Yellow, maybe something like that. Something bright. Highlighter yellow. Highlighter <laughs> yellow. <laughs> yeah. I just I wonder what teams like that do. Like i uh, during the break here, I'm going to look up Josh Rosen and his practice jersey and see what they had him wear last year. Kyler Murray, what he's wearing this year. I tell you what, Friday funnies are next. We'll get to it after this break on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen.
1: Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: If you missed any part of the show today, you can check it out on demand with our free mobile app. Get it from from the Apple iStore or Google Play, man. Eight minutes to the weekend. We'll fly through it. Uh, you don't even need to get that app, but we encourage you to do so. You can also hear it on demand by going to our website ESPNUP.com. dot com. Tanner Hoops and Ryan steeg with you. We're going to take you up to the five o'clock hour into the Will Ellis, I mean Kane show.
1: Let's. Uh, I'm going to keep us. I have some more, but those are more smaller ones. So I'm to, since we don't have a lot of time, I'm going to vote go to the big ones. All right. Mike Tyson announced that he smokes forty thousand dollars worth of weed every month. Oh my
0: gosh.
1: How much weed can you buy for $40,000? I'd love to know. <laughs> you know. You could
0: buy a whole meal for Antonio Brown.
1: I mean, it just. I mean, the effort that it takes <laughs> to buy that much. And I mean, I know he doesn't really do much these days. I mean, he's a cameo in a lot of movies right. and reality shows. But I can't imagine he has that much money. Doesn't he own a tiger?
0: To- he does what if the tiger you know tries it with him i 'm not surprised if
1: he did it. I mean <laughs> like the the tiger was featured in, in the, hangover. <laughs> the hangover yeah, so i I just couldn 't believe the amount of money that he spends on that i you, you have to have a lot of money set aside to be able to do something <laughs> like that um, Nick Kurgios, tennis player don 't you love when people have an epic tantrum? Oh, sure, yeah, so he used his bathroom break the other day. And he destroyed two rackets and ended up spitting at an umpire. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, I I love epic tantrums. And uh, just because you watch people completely lose control, and you wonder if they're actually like this, maybe like away from the match or away from the game, And some guys apparently are are like exactly like how they perform.
0: And the thing is, so many of them are tennis players. It's supposed to be a gentleman's game. Like, McEnroe was famous for that. I played tennis in high school, and we were playing our biggest rival one time. I remember this was one of my favorite memories from high school. There was a guy on the other team, and I don't say this to be mean. I didn't make it up. I've never even called him it. Several people thought that he looked like Randall from Monsters, Inc., that huh. Purple monster. Like he was a human <laughs> human okay. version of him. I'm not okay. saying that I don't want to be mean, but he was he could be kind of a hothead. Like, you know, he <laughs> what time he was losing, so he thought it was a good idea, take his racket with one hand, his other arm gets him a fist, punches his racket dead center, breaks the strings, and has to forfeit. And then he's just in the corner seething, holding his hand, which is spewing out blood. I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. This, that's, that's at least a warning, right? Yeah. If he hadn't forfeited.
1: It's like, I think t- the biggest hotheads I've seen are either in tennis or golf. Mm. And I think it's because it's an individual sport mm-hmm. instead of a team sport. So all the pressure's on them, and they lose control a lot. I still think one of my favorite... I love John McEnroe's quote, and it's, I still laugh at it even after all these years. Is where he grabs the tennis ball and is yelling at the umpire, and he says, "Answer the question, jerk!" <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like totally unsportsmanlike, but it just still makes me laugh. I love Johnny Mac. <laughs> just
0: demanding that the guy answers the question. <laughs> answer the question. That's how we're going to open up every segment here in the sports. <laughs> answer the question, jerk.
1: Um, Kyle Long. Did oh, you hear yeah. about his incident the other day? Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who didn't hear, he beat his own teammate with the teammate's own helmet, <laughs> and then he barfed on the field. <laughs> but he's sh- 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 hitting the guy and then grabs the guy's helmet and starts pummeling with it and then shucks the helmet down the field, and then a few minutes later he barfs on the sideline. <laughs> so, and then apparently... Earlier in the week, he got into a fight with Akeem Hicks and said to reporters that the Bears could handle this kind of situation because we don't have turds on the team. (laughs) Well, it seems like Kyle Long's the head turd after all these these incidents, but... uh, It kind of really ruined his intimidation factor when you end up throwing up after you do something like
0: that. The Bears are a weird team this year. Did you hear what Matt Nagy has been doing this week? I haven't. He said he is going all out trying to pull out the stops. Wednesday, the Bears' practice, quote unquote, was a simulated game. He had the team split into two squads. They were playing an inter squad game at full speed. With artificial crowd noise being pumped in the stadium because Nagy wanted them to get a feel of a real game before the regular season started. Matt, there's a thing called the preseason. You have a game you have tonight in games. New York.
1: You have four games to prepare for the that kind of thing. <laughs> I he's odd, and they said like he's still never not go, he hasn't gotten over the double doink yet.
0: Nope.
1: And it's like, yeah, it sucks, but come on, dude, it's a new season. You know, get over it at this point. I'm going to end it with the the French story I told you about on oh, yeah. the show. Okay, so a French soccer team has released its 33 year old center, but not for you know him playing badly. Mm-hmm. No, they severed ties with him because gross misconduct, which involves uh, appearing in a reality show, missing a training session, and mud wrestling. <laughs> Um, they found out he skipped the training session to record an episode of the French YouTube reality show Fort Boyard, where a handful of contestants compete for a set of challenges to win prize money. <laughs> um, one, of the cup def- one of his uh, challenges was to participate in a variation of mud wrestling, while another involved running in a hamster wheel, uh, slowly, uh, slowly filling up with foam. Uh, then the team, after finding out about it, open an investigation into the matter and uh basically kicked him off the team for not putting enough effort to uh you know his uh soccer career focusing on uh that. So yeah. Um, mud wrestling and running around in a hamster wheel, which is like remember American Gladiators? Oh yeah. Yeah. The balls that you can run <laughs> around in. Yeah. And his was it was filling with foam the whole time. So You lose your spot on a team because that was more important than actually preparing for a game.
0: Oops. (laughs) Kind of sounds fun, but not losing your job.
1: It sounds like a blast, but, I mean, it's a YouTube show. It's not like it's a television show. No. It's like, there's a lot of stupid things on YouTube. And the guy cost his job over that. Now, he, apparently he wanted to join the MLS and get out mm-hmm. of you know, the French League. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he's got a one-way ticket now. Hey, yeah, there you go.
0: You have your shot to get yeah, to Major League Soccer? Yeah.
1: Now, uh, just don't appear in YouTube <laughs> channels and do stupid stuff. All so. these
0: stories out of France? I've been practicing my French lately mm-hmm. because Ryan Black just signed his contract with Brayon Sun.
1: I love French teams. Wasn't well, that
0: pretty good? Yeah, I've been practicing that. Uh, I believe it's called uh, La Liga Manu. I think that's how they say yeah. it. Yeah. Good for good for Ryan. Yeah. I, I actually am going to have Grant on the show Monday, and we're going to discuss Ryan's career and his time at Northern and what things are going to be like going forward for him. So, shameless plug, listen Monday.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'm kicking out, shameless plug as well. I'm kicking out two, three feature stories on enemy hockey. Uh, basically, key players that are going to emerge this year mm. that I think people are going to find interesting I did one on Darian Craighead I'm doing one on Ben Newhouse their new uh, defenseman who mm-hmm. transferred in from Union and Nolan Kent who is the presumptive number one starter who's taken over for Ate Toledan in net. uh Three interesting stories, been going to be very key players this year, so I hope people find those interesting.
0: You're allowed to make shameless plugs here. We're all about that here in the sports Yes, exactly. I tell you what, that is it for us. I appreciate you tuning in and hope you have a great weekend. Again, it's my hope you join me Monday when I come back, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. Until then, for Ryan Stig, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to ESPN-UP.